for an entire generation. People have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. With newly enhanced visual effects. They're coming in too fast! THX and digital sound. And a few new surprises. Look, Jabba, next time you want to talk to me, come see me yourself. On January 31st, Star Wars. On February 21st, The Empire Strikes Back. Then on March 7th, Return of the Jedi. Move closer! For a whole new generation who have yet to experience it on the big screen. And for everyone else yeah. to experience it again. The Star Wars Trilogy, Special Edition. See it again for the first time. The Force will be with you, always. fans and moof milkers everywhere welcome to episode number 58 of blast points uh this is jason and it's gabe and there's a bunch of stuff to talk about we're gonna be getting to i cannot believe gabe that it is been 20 years since the special edition of a new hope it's crazy because the special edition is now the same age that the original film was when the special edition came out so technically since we've really only seen the special edition shown for the last 20 years they're like exactly the same age well we're gonna be talking about the special edition of a new hope coming up we got lots of stories when it came up and we went back and watched the original 97 special edition on vhs yeah (laughs) but gabe you just got back today from a trip to orlando right yeah we took a quick vacation um to orlando to universal studios which was pretty amazing the old rides are pretty rough charming and the new stuff is pretty amazing that uh if star wars is basing star wars land on harry potter land then we have a lot uh to look forward to because the harry potter land stuff was incredible um just the rides were great and then just the fact that the way they reproduced the the cities from the movie the 
Hogsmeade and uh, man, I was only there for three days. You'd think I'd remember what it's called. <laughs> Dragon <laughs> Town. Dragon Town. Magic Land. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Hogwarts Castle and then the um, the Gringotts uh, Bank. It was like literally they recreated the movie sets and you could walk around in them. So, yeah, if Star Wars Land is is anything like that, then people are going to they're going to have to have a lot of nurses on staff to get the smelling salts out because people are going to be passing out left and right. Now, when you were there and you were walking around, were you thinking like like if they like recreated like Jetta or something or was it going through your head like what they could do with with Star Wars land? Yeah, because I was trying to think what planets would lend themselves to what they did with Harry Potter as far as, yeah, would they have a Tatooine area or a Jetta or Jakku or would they have, you know, would you go inside a Death Star? Oh, I don't even man. know. Yeah, I know, right? No, I, I heard <laughs> that, is it true that like in Harry Potter land that like everyone is in character all the time? Kind of. I mean, all the people that work there have Harry Potter-ish clothes on. Like they have Ollivander's the wand shop, and when you go in, they do the little uh, speech, like in the movie, where that guy talks about how the wizard picks the wand, and they do all that stuff. Um, and then they have random people who are, I think, from the Ministry of Magic, walking around telling you to be careful with your wands. Because like I had heard that, like in uh, Disney Star Wars Land, that it's like completely immersive. Like everyone's going to be in character as Star Wars people. Which would be crazy. Star Tours is now offering convenient daily departures to the exotic moon of Endor. Come spend an afternoon or the entire day with the lovable Ewoks in their charming tribal villages. It's a fun-filled visit that you and your family will remember forever. Just ask for the Endor Express, available only from Star Tours. Non-stop flights leave every few minutes, so don't delay. Visit Endor today. So and you you talked to ET while you were there and you asked him a very uh, relevant question. I did. I made sure um, at Universal Studios there is the ET ride where you take a bike to the Green Planet. Um, so I went to the Green Planet and ET was there and we talked about uh, his Jedi training and he gave me the thumbs up that he is a Jedi. I say we rest our case right there. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a uh, it's proven. <laughs> <laughs> And the green planet smells like mildew and mold. Understandably. <laughs> yeah, so. Universal Studios is cool, and the, the Kong ride was pretty amazing, too, which I think is one of their newest rides. So, again, the stuff they can do, mixing the animatronics, the you moving around in a thing, and then 3D video is, is just, it's crazy stuff. Well, I, I trip out thinking about the, um, the ride that's going to be like part underground, the star Wars animatronic big crazy ride that they're building out there with stormtroopers and stuff. It's, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that, you know, comparing it to Kong where the big thing with Kong is you're in a truck and you can look out either side of the truck and Kong's fighting a T-Rex. So if that was, you know, you were in a troop transport or something and there's ad walking over you or, you know, a clone wars battle going on. I don't know. I can't imagine how crazy that's going to be. Uh. They have nurses everywhere, like you were saying. Just mattresses just to lay down on. Just when when you buy a ticket, they give you a uh, a Sagarera outfit to wear <laughs> to, to keep you oxygenated.
Well, you know at um, Galactic Nights, there's going to be a whole bunch of nerds with cameras trying to jump over that fence, trying to look at what's going on at Star Wars Land out there. All weekend long, I had uh, the Kiss song, Crazy Crazy Night, stuck in my head. And for some reason, sometime during the weekend, that I started singing um, Crazy Crazy Galactic Nights. Woo! Disney, if you're listening, we're ready. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be a karaoke at Galactic Nights and uh, get Kiss Crazy Nights on there. We're ready to go with that one. Last Place Presents. (laughs) Crazy, crazy Galactic Nights. I'm going to get Andy Gutierrez to sing it with me. (laughs) Good luck. The big news last week was, of course, the reveal of the title for episode eight. Get cover. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Last Jedi. Which, of course, we were joking recording last Sunday that as soon as we were done recording, they were going to announce the title. <laughs> For episode eight, and they did. <laughs> and then they did, yeah. So we're going to start saying, um, watch as soon as we get done recording, we're going to find uh, $1,000 in our pillow or something. Revenge of the Sith 3D will come out. What did you think when you first heard the title, The Last Jedi? What were your thoughts? I think it's good. If I want to be nitpicky, maybe it's too simple, but I think it's good. I like that it came from the crawl of the last movie. And I do think it's a good Star Wars title where it could have potentially multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I think, the big thing with it was just trying to think, is Luke the last Jedi? Are there multiple last Jedi? And does the last Jedi mean Luke's the last Jedi and then he's going to train new Jedi or they're going to go the route? I mean, we've kind of talked about before that maybe with the sequel films, they're going to phase the whole idea of the Jedi out and merge into this new thing mm-hmm. that's beyond the Jedi and the Sith um, and that Ray and Kylo and whoever become this new thing. And they kind of let the Jedi die with Luke. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah. I mean, like, like you were saying, my favorite star Wars titles are the ones that are kind of ambiguous and could mean multiple things with the story. It's like, you know, the, the debate of return of the Jedi, does that mean Luke or does that mean Anakin? The Force Awakens, when exactly does The Force Awaken? What was the, you know, why does The Force need to awake? All that stuff. And I like the idea of The Last Jedi, like you were saying, that it is, it's simple, it's powerful. And like Mark Hamill was saying, it sounds very samurai esque. Well, it's got a, it's got a real samurai, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's straightforward and minimalist, and I like that. <laughs> And it could mean the obvious question, the obvious answer of Luke, or it could mean Luke and Ray. I think it's more, you know, there's a lot of people who came right out and said, oh, this means it's going to be the 
this means it's going to be the Luke Skywalker movie. And I think, yeah, definitely it's going to be more Luke in this, but I think, um, I think really the, the heart of this movie, and it goes back to what Ryan Johnson was saying a couple weeks ago, is it's, it's Ray and Luke together, the two of them. Is it simple? Maybe. I mean, like, yeah, the, uh, it is kind of weird that it'll go in order, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, but it's not like they don't think of these things. But yeah, that's the thing, I mean, I've been thinking about the most is, is Disney ballsy enough to retire the Jedi and start with something new, which in some ways it seems like Rebels is leading that way with Kanan and the Bendu, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, everybody loves Jedi. Yeah. How would, how would you get rid of that? I would be fine with um, the starting of something new, something unknown, something, a new chapter in Force users that isn't Jedi and Sith. If Luke is the last Jedi and if Luke is the last one hanging on to possibly the old Jedi ways. Maybe there's a last Jedi they have to go find. Well, and like we've said a million times, too, I think Yoda is going to have something to do with this movie. Obi-Wan, maybe, probably. Why Obi-Wan is talking to Rey and her vision is still a big mystery. I think we say every single week that this movie is probably going to get real deep with Jedi stuff. And I think the title probably is fitting that, that this movie is going to get crazy with the Jedi business. And it does, like you were saying... It lets them almost name the, it's like the movie's called Star Wars Luke, but without calling it Star Wars Luke, they can call it Star Wars The Last Jedi and give you the same kind of feeling. Somebody could watch the movie and say The Last Jedi is Rey. If Luke is training her and if Luke is kind of thinking, I need to pass on what I learned to you because one day you'll be the last Jedi, the last one standing. People were freaking out. The fact that the the letters were in red, which we've only seen in Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. What do you think? Do you think that has any meaning, or does it just look cool? There's probably some meaning to it. It's like um, that video of uh, Olaf sneaking up on Daisy Ridley, asking her about the title, and uh, how she said uh, how it sounded um, ominous. Is it more than one Jedi? Is it ominous? Josh? It sounds ominous. Does something happen to you and Mark, or just Mark? Are you a Jedi? Answer my damn question, Daisy. Josh? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to raise my voice. This is not what I need to start my day. Okay. I can't tell you, so I'm going to leave, and we'll reconvene when you're kind of done. Okay. Okay. Can we do do it tonight? Can we talk? Can we finish it? (laughs) Um, we'll we'll talk. It's like we're saying, it's got a lot of meanings. It could come off as very stoic and samurai-like, The Last Jedi. Or it could be more The Last Jedi, like very ominous, you know? Mm -hmm. And in the red, it kind of pushes that a bit more. It's feeling like Force Awakens jumped right in 
as the Empire movie and we're getting Return of the Jedi now. And then episode nine is kind of Ewoks battle for Endor. It's going to be a cast. There's going to be a castle. There's going to be a witch. Wilford Brimley is going to be back and his buddy is going to be chained up in the basement. Does Wilford Brimley have any kids? I don't like, know. Wilford Brimley Jr. Like there's a Gary Busey Jr. I hope so. On his legacy. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid and got a hold of a nickel, I thought I was rich. I didn't turn up my nose at pennies either. Today, some folks won't even bend to pick them up. So if you can't be bothered with nickels and pennies, throw them in a jar. Start an oatmeal fund. <sighs> Just wait when we do our Ewok Battle for Endor episode. The yeah. battle for making people to stop listening. <laughs> like the last jedi (laughs) i'm all for it yeah i though you know it makes me think i miss i think my favorite was revenge of the sith when i think sansweet announced it at um i want to say it was like san diego and he said like and if you go right now to starwars.com you can order a revenge of the sith t-shirt do you remember that yeah and i was just like oh i miss that I, i feel like every new star wars movie when the title is announced, you should immediately be able to buy a T-shirt. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why they don't do that. Because, yeah, then in, people end up making bootleg ones yeah. and take, taking all the business. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I would order one right now. Yeah. When you got the fever, when they've just announced the title, that's when you want a T-shirt. So, kind of cool Rogue One news. It was the Oscar nominations came out, and Rogue One is nominated for Best Special Effects and Best Sound Mixing. That's good. Which I feel, isn't that kind of like what Force Awakens was nominated for last year, too? I feel like, maybe? Probably. Like the standard Star Wars Academy Award nominations? They should win something for Tarkin, I think. I agree. And Borgullet. And Tutube should win, like, Best Twin... They have a category for best twin, I think, don't they? Just the, the best. There's only just the best of all. Just the best, period. The best. And he, Two Tubes is the only nominee. So or, maybe, uh, maybe Beef Stick. Yeah, each each of the Two Tubes are nominated separately. I hope Two Tubes and Beef Stick show up as presenters at the Oscars. <laughs> if that happened, I might actually watch the Oscars. Speaking in Two Tubes language. <laughs> You just ruined every Oscar show from now on because it'll never have that. So it'll never be that good. Digital Tarkin, give out an Oscar. I can do it. Well, I'm going to let you get all the credit. All over again. Ah. 
Come on, R2. We're going. Star Wars, the special edition. Now playing on the big screen. 1997. 20 years ago, this episode comes out on Tuesday, the 31st. 20 years ago today, Star Wars Special Edition came out. It was crazy. The, the, so the excitement building up to Special Edition was insane. We, we talked about this a little bit in the, um, the Power of the Force action figures commercials kind of thing, but, um, but it, was, it was unreal. It was, and it, it, looking back, we've had since then five, almost six new Star Wars movies. And we were just super excited for Rontos and Dubaks. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, technically we have had six with the Clone Wars movie. True. And two TV series. True, yep. So, yeah, and at that point it was like we got one Jabba scene, some Rontos and Dubaks, and some ships. <laughs> and we we were losing our minds seeing one still frame in Star Wars Insider. But it was huge to have him back in the theater with new stuff. Who thought that would ever happen? And I can't think of any other movies that were re-released with new stuff in the theater. Before our time, there was um, Close Encounters came back out, but we were just really little. And uh, I remember Blade Runner kept coming back out, and I never really understood why, what was going on. But the Star Wars Special Edition was the one that really got the most hype. And it was it was crazy. It was like you'd go, it was, it was huge at the theater. There were huge lines to get in to see it. Um, I remember getting um, Star Wars Insider magazine every month or every other month when it came out. And I remember that was our first introduction to Rick McCallum, that he was kind of like, who is this wizard man that has all the knowledge? This handsome devil. (laughs) It's so dense. Every single image has so many things going on. Every every month would be like uh, special edition update with Rick McCallum. And it always had that great picture of him, like wearing like Arctic sunglasses and like a winter parka. Yeah. I was like, who, who is this guy? So, yeah, the preview was an interesting thing because we knew right like what day the preview was coming out right yeah and we somehow knew it was with jingle all the way yes getting it is every child's dream whoever doesn't can be a real loser what? so we bought tickets for the first show of jingle all the way um, but that was also the same day that Star Trek First Contact came out. Which is what we wanted to go see. Yes. Literally <laughs> running to our theater to make it in time for Jingle All the Way at like 9.30 a.m. So we could see the Star Wars Special Edition trailer. And as we're running past the theater playing the first showing of Star Trek First Contact, we could hear... For an entire generation... People have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible on the TV screen. <laughs> I just remember we stopped for a minute. Because we were screwed at that point because we could have just jumped into Star Trek, but we would have missed the trailer. Yes. So that we had to, yeah. I'm glad we saw Jingle all the way in the theater. I'm too. I really, yeah. My uh, high points and of my life. Jake Lloyd, you know, was in it. So, And I think we went to go see First Contact that night anyway, so it was all good. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, once we knew the Star Wars trailer was with it, there was even there's double the reason to go see it. So the first time I saw the Star Wars um, special edition was I one day I got I got the mail in early January '97, and I had an envelope from Lucasfilm in the mail, and I was like. I got the golden ticket. I was like, finally, they recognized me. (laughs) All these years. Yeah. And I got an invitation to, do you remember this? A fan club only showing of a New Hope special edition. Two weeks before it came out, it was at like 10 in the morning. It was one of the most exciting mornings of my life. And I still regret, I took a girl to it and I still regret I didn't take you. And I know, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. We made up for it when it came out for real. Yeah. The theater was great because there was a lot of kids. But before the New Hope special special edition played, they played the preview for the Empire special edition. On February 21st, 20th Century Fox and George Lucas present the next chapter in the Star Wars Trilogy Special Edition. The Empire Strikes Back. Skywalker will join us or die. I'm not afraid. Which, and at the end, had the Jedi Special Edition on it, which that was the first time I ever saw the Wampa and the new Sarlacc Pit. And I was going insane. Because we had no idea that stuff was coming. Yeah, it's true. That without uh, all the internet stuff to basically, for them to either officially market it or for people to kind of spoil it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember coming home and telling you, like, yeah, Star Wars Special Edition was amazing, but that Empire trailer freaked me out. I still watch that Empire trailer sometimes. I put it on. It's just so I can get the feeling again. When you want to remember what it's like to feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, I think, the other thing that was so nuts about the whole special edition thing is it wasn't like each year another one came out or even you know, every six months. It was like, what, every six weeks? Yeah, it was um, a New Hope was January 31st. And then I think Empire was like February 21st. And then Jedi was real rapid fire, like March 7th or something like that. Yeah, it was. They got them out fast, which was great because we had a giant theater in Grand Rapids at the time. That was it's now long gone, sadly. But there was, um, I think, just like one week where they were playing all three of them at once, and we did a marathon of all three Star Wars special editions in a day, like one Saturday. We went to all of them back to back. Did I ever tell you it's not technically the New Hope one, but that uh, for Jedi? When they gave out the figure and there was a guy dressed as the emperor <laughs> who was practically in tears because he didn't get the figure because um, he couldn't wait in line for the figure because he was in the showing beforehand. <laughs> he was just pleading with them like, I was in the one before. <laughs> they wouldn't just give him one. He was dressed no, as the emperor. They didn't, give, they didn't give him one. It was the saddest thing. Practically in tears. And then I'm, there was another guy dressed as Darth Vader who got the figure with the suit on and the helmet standing in the theater, (laughs) dark as it was like just looking at his new figure through the black goggles of the helmet. He never took the helmet off. Uh, (laughs) I don't think he even knew what he got till he got home. Do you still have your return? The Jedi Luke figure? I do. I think the package disintegrated, but (laughs) in the package, 
somewhere. <laughs> Which I was remembering, too, just how much Taco Bell we were eating leading up to the special edition. Because Taco Bell had Star Wars kids meals that had actually really awesome toys in them. Do you remember that? When you buy a Taco Bell kids meal, you can get the Darth Vader disappearing cube, the Boba Fett balancer, the trilogy puzzle, and more. You can collect all seven Star Wars toys at Taco Bell. <laughs> We were eating so much Taco Bell leading up to the special edition. Yeah. I still have a bunch of they had that like that mirror cube. Yeah. <laughs> the giant floating Boba Fett next to a cloud city. It was all it was awesome. It's cool though, if you go to uh Comic Con, someone always has a bin full of those. Oh, like always. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, spend your pocket change and buy all the buy a whole set. So tickets go on sale for the special editions. Like every normal 21-year-old man, I freaked out and I bought a ticket for every showing on Friday and Saturday. So I went from, I think the first show was at like 10 a.m. I did every show 10 a.m. to the midnight show. So I saw... Uh, the Star Wars Special Edition, I think it was 17 times, I think, in the space of two days. I don't know if my math is right there. It was, at least, it was at least 12 to set, yeah, somewhere in that range. Because then, yeah, I think I was in Chicago at the time, but I came up for Saturday. Yes. I think I, I saw at least three of them, the last three of the day with you. Yeah, I seem to remember you did like seven, nine, and midnight with me. And I remember you just asking me how I was doing. Yeah. (laughs) Which, it sounded awesome, but as much as I love uh, A New Hope, I'll tell you, the part that always broke me was as soon as they get to the Death Star. Like, the trash compactor, I couldn't deal with. Like, I could watch the beginning with Obi-Wan and Luke and all the stuff on Tatooine. I could watch that 20 times a day forever and the the trench run forever. But that Death Star part, man, that would always be the part where I'd be like, oh, middle of the day Saturday when I was in, you know, after a whole day before. Getting getting into double digits. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if this is a good idea. It's weird how stuff like that happens because that's like, I think I told you with – with Rogue One, like whenever they go to Edu for some reason, it's like I like that part, but every time I see it now, I fall asleep for a second, and then I get you know, then I'm ready to go after that. But yeah, I remember um, the theater employees because they would see me happily on Friday walking out of a show and then getting right back in line. And after a while, you know, these people working like an eight-hour shift or something, they'd be like, "Wait a minute, how many times have you gone to see this movie today?" <laughs> For some reason, they just hated me. Didn't you have a Micro Machine lightsaber on your belt, too, that they took away? No, they. I don't think they took it away. I think they tried to, and I think I was being sassy. But, yeah, it was a Micro Machine <laughs> lightsaber that opened up to, it was like the trench run or something. But it was the best I could get. And it was a lightsaber, because you couldn't get a lightsaber without a like just the hilt. You couldn't get one without the blade. Yeah, that's true. Special edition just came out. Got juiced up. (laughs) 
So we just we went back and we both watched the '97 version. I was going to say, which is just crazy to think about, as much as people had uh, issues and discussions with the '97 special edition, how really short that moment in time that that version of the special edition existed before the DVD version came out and changed it again. And then the Blu-ray version came out and changed it again. That yeah, it's kind of neat to go back to that version that only exists on VHS. There's a whole generation out there who, for them, that's how they first saw Star Wars. That's their version. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to mention that too, that it was kind of, I guess, making me feel old. Like I've seen a couple different, I think, interviews with people over the last few weeks where they're like, I became a fan after the special editions, you know, and it's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense that a lot of people, yeah, that was their first experience. Mm-hmm. That got them into Star Wars. It's kind of a shame that that version isn't available in a better way. I mean, I still hold out for one day. I mean, people forever, Disney's going to put out the unspecial editions, uh, you know, and it's like, well, as much as I would like that too, I'd also like a really high quality version of this, the 97 version and the DVD version. Yeah, no, I think like we've said in the past, it's like, that's the only version. That's the only reason to do a re-release that makes everybody happy and seems to be worth doing a re-release is to have all the versions like have empire without those last three shots or whatever. At the end, like, you know, and all the different audio takes and things that have been edited in and out over the years. Cause it's hard to keep all that straight. Um, cause I went back cause I thought they changed Obi-Wan's sand people scream for the special edition, but they didn't, they didn't change the sound until the DVD. It, that was the thing where, when I watched <laughs> the VHS of the, of the 97 version, I was so confused because I was just like, I don't know when things changed here. I don't know. Like what's different is the yeah. same. Is the sand crawler different? Maybe no, maybe I don't know. Like, is the, like you were saying, Obi Wan's scream, is that different? Like Baru's voice, has that changed? I don't know. Yeah, which I think Baru's voice did change, at least compared to the laser disc, because I did check that. Oh, but it's really subtle that it was hard to tell if it was just a mix thing or if it was an actual different take. And then, like, the other thing, when, uh, after they sell the land speeder, and Obi's like, it'll be enough. And it sounds like it's not Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just added to the special edition, but that was still there in the later disc. It's so confusing. <laughs> One thing I was thinking when I was watching um, the special edition of A New Hope is I kind of wish, um, if there's uh, another special edition version, they just do digital Tarkin in A New Hope. Just take out real Tarkin. And just make them all digital all the time. Then then people can never, yeah, like with Yoda. It's like yeah. we've, we finally, <laughs> we finally mastered Peter Cushing. <laughs> We're going to take the old Peter Cushing puppet out and replace it with <laughs> the new, better acting Peter Cushing. I um, will say when I was watching it, one reason that possibly the 97 version is kind of hard to, to find and get a hold of nowadays uh, or not as easily available is it's possibly because of Jabba. Oh, 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 Jabba.
But on VHS, Jabba looks okay, I thought. Because <laughs> I was expecting, like, whoa, Jabba looks rough. But, you know, on a VHS tape, he looks okay. In the theater, I can't, I guess, you know, at the time, we were like, woo. Yeah. No, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, at the, in, at, in 97, I was sitting there being like, this looks incredible. But you watch it now, and it's like, ooh, that's a little funky. Yeah. But, you know, in fairness, it was like 97, right? And there's mm-hmm. CG Jabba. Like, that was mind-blowing. It was, it was two years before we'd even get, like, Jar Jar and motion-captured digital creatures interacting with real people really kind of took a step forward. And I still love the, the extra do-backs. I could watch that little clip on loop for a while. The more do-backs, the better. Yeah. Do or do-back. There is no try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that made me think, too. There's um, On the VHS, there's that great uh, making of thing at the beginning before the movie starts. And I swear that making of thing is like an hour long. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that, too. And I was watching, like, wait, wh- huh, what's this? And I was like, oh, I yeah, there's a making of thing at the beginning. And there's a great line where they're talking about the do-backs, and uh, they say that they were put there out of whimsy. When you're creating a world, part of what you do is whimsy, and part of what you do is for plot movement, and part you do just for your own personal interest and psychological eccentricities. I think... Dubacks were put there out of whimsy. <laughs> hey, that explains a lot of uh, George Lucas. Yeah, it's just there for the whimsy. He's like ten percent, twenty percent plot, ten percent dialogue, seventy percent whimsy. You know, though, I was thinking I would love, and I know we're not alone, and I know it probably can't happen, but for the 40th anniversary, just for one week, if it came back out in IMAX theaters, A New Hope. Which version? I don't even care. I would be the only person that would say they don't care, though, but (laughs) I don't care. Oh, well, I think, well, because it's a tease, because that was the whole, I mean, we complain about it all the time. But the whole thing with the 3D re-releases, it was like they were all going to be back in the theater again. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't like 3D, there's going to be some theater that's going to show it in 2D. Mm-hmm. They did for Phantom Menace. And it was like we never got six or five of the six movies. <laughs> did, you, did you ever go see Phantom Menace in 2D when it came out? No. With the 3D release? No? Hmm. Oh, I just saw it twice in 3D. I'd be really into that. It's almost like they should have... Show the original version one week, the 97 special edition <laughs> the next week, the DVD cut the next week, the Blu-ray cut the next week. I would be up for that. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Blast Points presents all the cuts. Your dreams finally come true to see the DVD cut on the big screen. Yeah, it's true. I'm trying to think of, I wonder if that ever, because now when you see it, if you see it anywhere, it's the Blu-ray cut. Like when they showed it at Celebration, right? It's the Blu-ray cut. Mm-hmm. At some point, there must have been... I bet you there's prints out there that are the DVD cut. Do you think? 
I would be into that. I mean, all of this just makes me want to watch the DVD cut now and be even more confused on what's the difference. Um, we got to bring back, man, we haven't talked about this on the show, I don't think, but super fan crazy who made the split screen versions. Remember those? Oh, yes. Which, man, when would those come out? It's like 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanna, yeah. Seems and about somebody right. had the Laserdisc, and that was after the DVD came out, right? Mm-hmm. And they took the Laserdisc version and put it on the bottom of the screen, and the DVD version on the top of the screen and they had them both playing at the same time with the audio for one in one speaker, the audio for the other and the other speaker. And whenever there was a special edition scene, they would just put black in the original version and you could watch both versions at the same time, completely synced up to see what was the same, what was different. And it was amazing. It was the best thing I'd ever seen. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. And I don't think it ever made it on YouTube, right? Like, that was like you had to download a, a disc image and burn your own DVD to watch it. Yeah, I have all of them burned on, um, on discs, yeah. So was there any stuff, going back and watching it, that you forgot about or was different than you remembered? Well, then not really, just that I was just so confused on what, um, what was different. So, no, what, what about you? Kind of like what you were saying with the Death Star part, like was driving you crazy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like there's not much different in that part. So you kind of don't um, – there's nothing ex- – because the eyeball blinking, that wasn't until the DVD, right? Or was that just the Blu-ray? See, I don't know. <laughs> you don't remember? I'm so conv- – I know the Ewoks blinking was only on the Blu-ray. And I know the Saboba walking through Jabba's palace is only on the Blu-ray. But, like, the Dianoga blinking, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe the Blu-ray. Because did it do it in the special, in the VHS version? I don't think I so. Remember. I don't think so. And then I always get messed up with the, the whole space battle at the end because I think those shots are the most seamlessly integrated. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's hard to remember what it looked like when they weren't there without going back, like, to the Laserdisc version and watching the old way to even remember it. Cause yeah. I think I've seen that version of the end of the movie so many times that that's just burned into my brain now. And it's funny when you do go back and watch like a, um, a despecialized version, it's interesting to go back and watch that trench run because it's like, Oh yeah, this is maybe, maybe I like the special edition better, but yeah, the, yeah, the space battle stuff is great. I just can't believe it's been it's been 20 years because like when Star Wars first came out I was a baby and then when you know the special editions came out I was in college and now it's been another 20 years and it doesn't you know it's mind blowing to think about and that now there's more Star Wars than there ever was before yeah well in 20 years when we can watch the uh, prequel special editions We'll be the the two only two at the theater. <laughs> There's more Dugs in it. The Padre 
20 minutes longer. Clapping. Yeah. The announcer has three heads. (laughs) More whimsy. Just two skeletons in the theater. Yeah. Cheering for Rats Tyrell. original inspiration for bringing the film out again was uh, the fact that it was the 20th anniversary of the uh, original release of the film. I had an ulterior motive that I'd been thinking about for a long time, actually, ever since the films were finished, which is there were various things, especially in the original film, that I wasn't satisfied with. Special effects shots that never really were finished, um, scenes that hadn't, you know, that I'd wanted to to include that couldn't have been included for some reason, mostly money and time. And um, I really wanted to, to fix the film and have it be completed. So we have a listener email here, Gabe, and this is from Ross Herford, and he's in the UK. And he writes, hey guys, so I tried to submit a review of your show on iTunes, but it's not showing. So there's either no reviews or two reviews as I tried again. I'm in the UK, so maybe it doesn't show up. Just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the show. You both have me in tears laughing. The George Lucas suggesting creature farts and Saw Gerrera's birthday made me blind with laugh tears. This week's episode about the wills was super interesting and really thought-provoking. Always look forward to each week's episode. Thanks for a great podcast, Ross Herford. All right. Well, thank you, Ross. Yeah, cool. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode Seven, thank you. So yeah, you should leave us a review on iTunes once you're done listening to this episode. Head over there, five-star review, write something awesome, and we'll read it on an upcoming show. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. There's BlastPointsPodcast.com, right? New episodes, cooking, recipes. Oh, yeah. We um, get a recipe for blue milk on there from our friend Kathy. You got to try it. I haven't tried it yet. Have you tried it, Gabe? I've been on vacation. Yeah, that's true. You should have taken a time out. Been like, family, schmamly, I got to make this blue milk. But, yeah, there's going to be more articles coming on there. And you can also contact us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. And so that about wraps up uh, number 58 here. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Sounds like it's going to be a good one. Get ready. Get your dancing yep. shoes on. Yep. Do some stretches. <laughs> so, yeah, we will We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
think Dubax were put there out of whimsy. 